The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. I'm in sunny Arizona, uh, and today is one of those amazingly gorgeous days. We're going to skip most of my usual preliminaries today because I don't want to take any time away from today's guest. He's very, very special and has a lot to say that I know you're going to want to hear, so I'm not going to do my usual chit-chat. Next week's guest is Diana Rabb, who's written a book on journaling called Healing with Words. If you know anyone or if you have had breast cancer, you definitely will want to hear what Diana Rabb has to say. She's written a very important book that can be quite helpful in your healing. Today we're talking with Dr. Robin Kelly, who's in New Zealand, And it's fascinating to me, this whole thing is fascinating because for him it's Friday and I've never talked to anybody um, in real time that was tomorrow. It's kind of mind-boggling. We're talking to him tomorrow, but actually you're hearing it today. Just don't get too bogged down in that. You can find links to his website because I know you're going to want more information about him on the Self-Improvement blog. Self-Improvement blog has been down most of the week. crashed as we were trying to update it and I mean it really crashed it's back up now and seems to be functioning quite well I'm very pleased to have my blog back you can also see a couple of videos of Robin on the blog and after you hear the show I know you're going to want to take a look at those as well Robin Kelly is a medical doctor a physician a speaker and a musician who as I said lives in New Zealand He's an English-trained doctor whose medical practice has evolved to embrace Eastern and modern mind-body philosophies. He focuses on integrating these holistic models into a modern, contemporary environment. He blends the best of the East and the West into Western medicine. And all I want to ask is why doesn't he reside in Scottsdale, Arizona? You know, we could keep him busy from sun up to sundown. He's the author of several books, including his most recently released, The Human Hologram, Living Your Life in Harmony with the Unified Field. He just learned yesterday, by the way, that the book was awarded the Science Book of the Year Science Book of the Year, remember that, at the 2011 USA Best Books Award. It was also a finalist in the New Age nonfiction category, and I think that's an interesting, interesting two groups to be in, one science and win an award, and the other one, New Age nonfiction, and be a finalist. And those are huge honors, uh, and I, I really want to congratulate him for that. Robin is also a passionate songwriter and singer, a musician. He's recorded four CDs of original songs. I wonder when he sleeps. I I really do. And he's written a musical stage show called Chakra More. 
He's sought after on the Internet. He's sought after in television and in radio. And we are so honored to have him on the Self-Improvement Show today. Robin, welcome. Oh, thanks, Irene. Thank you so much for that. And I tell you, it's a lovely day today. So, you know, look forward to tomorrow. It's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me any more confused than I already am. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what it's like in New Zealand. It's one place I've never been. I haven't been to Australia or New Zealand, and the pictures I see are so beautiful. Tell us just yeah. a little bit about it, and then we'll go into the show. Well, New Zealand is, is the country that receives light for the first time every day. Uh, in fact, you, as you said, we're a day ahead of many people as well. So it feels like it's that fresh over here. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got 4 million people, uh, 60 million sheep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and a very temperate climate. Um, we're great innovators, uh, but the country is, is just beautiful. Um, the, pun- the country sort of supports us, enriches us, guides us, and it's so variable. So, um, so you guys have got to come down here. Um, oh, I've, trust I've me. I've got a spare bedroom. I can put some of you up, but not all of you. Uh, okay. Well, we won't bring all millions <laughs> of us, you know, just a few hundred. Uh, <laughs> a few hundred would <laughs> do. We can hundred. fit them in. That's not a problem. <laughs> you know, Robin, you have a really, really impressive biography. I mean, you're a physician, an award-winning author, a musician, and who knows? Maybe you shear sheep. I don't know. But tell us. Who's the real Robin Kelly? Who who are you really? Well, I'm probably some of those things, but I'm I'm really uh, somebody who's very comfortable in my own home. I, and despite what you say, I do sleep a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I potter around and I look out of the window a lot. So uh, uh, I, I don't feel I have a, a, a busy, stressed life, but I, I've been able to to plan it because I, I my home and my work and my life are all one. They're all integrated. I, I'm a, uh, a family doctor, but I work from home with my wife. And to do what I do, hopefully at the depths that I do, it doesn't mean it's not highly enjoyable, but we do go into depths. People share their, their, their deepest feelings and their awareness with us. That all happens because they feel comfortable because they come into our home. And I, I work with my lovely wife, who, who's a nurse, but also looks after, uh, after the practice. So everybody who comes in to see me... Um, hopefully relaxes and feels they're coming into into a home um, and and I made that split about 20 years ago I felt that um, I needed to spend far more time with people I'm really very interested in what people have to say and I'm very interested in what they're bringing to me and 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 one of the the things that's driven me is is there that people come to me with their feelings um, and, and somewhere along the line as doctors, we've, we've missed out on this. We, we, we listen to people's feelings and then we, we convert them into their illnesses and, and classifications, which then tend to convert them into what pills we give. Exactly. So I became very, very interested in what people were feeling. And, and that drove me to study Chinese medicine and um, uh, mind-body medicine and, and actually to start writing books on, on what it is, probably the science of feeling. And although this book talks about the human hologram, the middle part is very much about the science and, and the practice and the listening to feelings and, and what another human being can do to get at this, these roots of, 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 our, of ill health. 
not always uh, are our roots of ill health emotional um, and, and to do with our feelings, but very, very often they are. And this is something that people can do things about and I can help guide them. So they take ownership. So I suppose, who am I? I'm, I'm a very ordinary family doctor, I assure you, um, who has created space uh, to listen um, quite intensely. And, and all the information I've received, most of it, has come from these wonderful people who come to see me. Did you have one of those kind of medical practices that rushes people through? Did you ever do that one after another to you know, to satisfy insurance requirements and all of those kind of things we're seeing these days uh, when we go to a doctor's office? You know, just sort of like herding, yes. I guess, for you, sheep. Yes, I, I you know, in the 80s, um, I was that was my general practice, and before that, I was in hospital medicine for um, for, for six years. But I, I found that very early on in my practice, I became interested in in Chinese medicine, and I started to practice acupuncture. Um, I felt I just wasn't doing anybody justice, uh, including myself, by seeing people every ten minutes or even quarter of an hour. Um, it, it, we were just starting to begin to understand at that stage what was happening. And I was being pushed into a situation. I was signing forms, writing chits, writing, write, writing prescriptions, all those sort of things which left me unsatisfied. And basically, uh, um, I burnt out during that time because I was desperately trying to do a bit more. I felt that we weren't really offering enough. So hence my, my, the changes in, in my life about 20 years ago. Um, to lengthen my consultation, get into my home so that um, I could take my overheads down. Just from a practical point of view, uh, the financial pressures on doctors are huge now. They come out of university with huge loans. They've got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just you know, the malpractices insurance alone uh, is so formidable. It is know, in this country. Yeah, the system really, even then, was broke, and it is broke. And, and I, I suppose... You know, a number of us have become activists and saying, look, we've got this the wrong way around. You should be, you know, with your problems, you should be able to sit and talk uh, without pressure uh, to somebody um, from the start for probably at least half an hour. And if you're seeing a doctor for the first time, it should be longer because we should get to know uh, your, 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 your beliefs, uh, which we should honor, your spiritual beliefs we should honor, your plans, your fears. Um, it's, all these things should be part of an exchange um, and I'm sure I'm sure if this happens people will get a better standard of care that they'll become become really well uh, well we can sort of aim for that anyway and it'll also be highly economic um, because we're always we're really sort of employed at the other end the the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff as they say so you know I one of one of my aims is that keep talking about this to encourage other doctors health professionals to 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 work like this because it's deeply satisfying. But hey, you have to go against the trend and you have to make a big effort for this to happen. And, and, and unfortunately, you have to earn less. <laughs> less you money. have to earn less. It's very disconcerting for some um, people. I, my cardiologist just started this kind of practice, and you pay her a, a rather large fee every month, and you can see her any time of day and night you want to. Um, if you can't pay that fee, you see her nurse practitioner who's also very, very good, but she absolutely couldn't handle it anymore doing practice like she was. 
She said, I, I just, I can't do it anymore. I have to be able to take care of people the right way. So she yeah. did it that way, still has her office and her overhead. But, you know, and she was, she was really nervous about doing it. And a lot of her patients got really angry with her. I, of course, said, good for you. <laughs> I see her nurse practitioner. And it would be I good for she- you. You're doing, you're doing what you want to do and you're doing something that's really going to pay off so wonderfully for your patients. And she's a, she's a wonderful doctor. She really is. Um, let's talk a little bit about your book. But, but to set the stage, you know, we need a, a just sort of a brief physics lesson. You know, describe for us in layman's terms, in terms that, you know, we can understand what a human hologram is. What does it mean when you say we're a human hologram? Well, and, and I won't go into too much scientific detail because um, that's in the book and I try to explain that in simple ways. But, I, but I'll get over the, I think the main issue, uh, the, main, the main tenet, if you say, of, of the human hologram is the idea that all the information um, from the outside, the outside world, uh, the outside universe, can be um, held and, and, and in fact accepted by our body. So therefore, what's happening inside our body is a reflection uh, of the outside world and even the universe. And we can gain access into that as well. And one of the um, uh, what we've discovered about holograms, one of the main properties of a hologram is that all the information of a hologram or holographic plate um, <clears throat> can be held in the smallest part. Okay. And what really interested me from the start was when I started to do Chinese medicine and study Chinese medicine, they teach you to look at the tongue. Uh, and you would have a quick look at the tongue and you get an instant read out of what is happening on the whole body. Not only that, the constitution of the body and, and how weak the body was. And so you'd get these instant readouts from the smallest part. When a Chinese physician takes the pulse, they take it in three different places at three different levels. Um, and what you're getting is a tactile uh, readout of what's happening in the body. So here you can see that, that those principles of the holographic principles, I was introduced to probably over 30 years ago without really putting a name to it. And all the work that's happened over the, in science over the last sort of 50 years has shown that this is true. Basically, basically, you can make these holograms, these holographic ghost-like images that we see in, in art galleries now <clears throat> are created, um, have been created that way on holographic plates, as I've just described. Um, and, if you also, and so science has sort of caught up with this. And, you know, when I started to do acupuncture and, and uh, uh, and study Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, um, the pressure on me from other doctors and other people say, hey, you know, there's no science in this at all. This, this, is, this is crazy. These are just fanciful ideas that are outdated and you should just forget about them and get back to your, your proper scientific work. And that just got me more and more interested because it, it made what, what I was studying seem to make more and more sense. Not only that, it was things that people could understand. You know, when I'd explained it back to people that came to see me, especially as they were linking, Chinese medicine was linking emotions and beliefs as well into, into their health, they became very interested as well and, and gave me clues and they seemed to understand it. So I said, well, I better start writing some books on this. And hence, 
That's what I've done. Let me yep. interrupt you now just for a moment because it's time for us to take a break. I, I want to come back to this uh, as soon as we finish telling people what they need to know about Voice America and World Talk Radio. This is Irene Conlon. We'll be right back. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market follow the world talk radio network on twitter we're at world talk radio you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the world talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash world talk radio or follow along with us at world talk radio the world talk radio network we're on the cutting edge of social media can you keep up Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Robin Kelly. We were talking about what a human hologram is. Uh, I want you to finish that thought, Robin, and then tell us, uh, just give us a brief description of um, the unified field. So let's get mm. back to that. Well, the unified fields, and, and, and you know, the, this is where science was always wanting to end up, that there was some unified field or a theory that seemed to explain everything. You know, then you'd end up, and we'd all love this, with science books being very, very small. They'd only be two or three pages. Yes. Because we're all, uh, it's all been sussed out. So, so Now, the exciting thing is in the last 10 years, um, this has become almost mainstream, this understanding that there's a background field of information, a matrix, uh, some would call an Akashic field, um, and that uh, this... Uh, has got to such a stage that it was the cover story, both in the Scientific American um, in 2003 and in the New Scientist, the British New Scientist in 2009. This understanding, this thought that there's a background field of information and it's that our observation changes that (laughs) into the three and four dimensions, you know, this physical material world we see around us. In other words, um, amazing though it seems, 
they are saying that there is a scientific theory. Not all scientists are saying this, but prominent scientists are saying this. Well, I wonder if what we are seeing around us is in fact a virtual reality and that behind it all, um, there, there's a matrix of information fields, fields of information, overlapping fields of information. And somehow through our senses, through our eyes, our touch and our awareness, we're converting that into this reality that we see around us. And I thought this was terribly interesting, but I also tried to thought, well, if that's the case, if all that we see and perceive um, that we touch and that, that, you know, I'm looking out the window now as is, I told you that's my hobby, and uh, I'm seeing all these wonderful trees, and I thought, well, gosh, you know, is this reality uh, or is there another background reality? And if that's the case, that's the same as our bodies. Our bodies are being formed on this field perpetually as well, mind-blowing that it is. So I, the book is really exploring those theories and saying, hey, you know, um, if is this the case? What is the, uh, to support this, that there's a background uh, other, there are background other realities, other dimensions, if you like. Um, and say that is the case, why are we here? Why are we in this? Why are we these dimensions? And, um, uh, and I, the middle part of the book is exploring that, giving, why, giving us some understanding of possibility that we're here, why we're here, and why it's so important. And the very interesting thing is, as I wrote all this and book, and I did this research and became more and more intrigued, I fell more and more in love with this world. <laughs> this world. Yes. Very much like people who have out-of-body experiences and, and near-death experiences. Who, yeah, who, you almost wonder way, if all of it is an out-of-body experience, but <laughs> I don't want to go there. No, but, it, but in the same, same instance, uh, in no way was I'm, as I'm talking about the, these very mind-stretching concepts and trying to get to grips with them, um, it, it in no way um, somehow diminishes the importance of our, our physical lives here. In fact, it actually um, gives them more meaning. Okay, let me ask you this. You know, this may be stretching it, but I consider myself to be a relatively normal human being, whatever normal is, living on the planet. So bring these concepts, the concept of the human hologram unified field, down to the realm of the practical. What does it mean to me? Well, well, what I think what it means to us is that is the theory, particularly that our feelings are actually a reflection of this field, this other, this this other truth. In fact, our feelings are represent real truth. Um, I'm interested in feelings because we, as doctors, call them symptoms. You know, people come in, they're right. feeling tired and they're feeling pain. And none of this, to be honest, we can, we can do blood tests and, and, and x-rays and things, but they don't actually test our feelings. We actually have to tune into those. So <clears throat> um, I'm particularly interested in, in feelings. And I, and I describe two scenarios early on in the book. The first is when I'm going for a swim and I'm lying on my back in lovely warm water and I'm feeling completely at peace at one with the sea totally relaxed um, blissful if you like um, and that is a state uh, I suppose a meditative state where we're in the best mode to receive information um, it's also very pleasant and we also tend to lose track of time um, and in fact it's that those that state, that receptive state, that when people come to see me, I, I encourage them 
to actually reach this state. In fact, we do a little exercise in our rooms to be in this received, receiving state. This, this, is the, this is the state we need to be in to feel spontaneous, to be creative, and to be joyful. Now, that's all very well, and that's lovely, and we need to achieve that nowness, if you like, that feeling of being in the now um, as much as we can. But if we all did that all day, we wouldn't achieve a lot. So the other no, thing, we, the other thing we do is we have to act in this life. I'm sure we're activists, and um, in other words, when we we're here in these dimensions to do, and the way that we we do is that we we convert our feelings, our feelings change into emotions, and emotions into thoughts, and then we work out how we're going to do things. So we feel first, then we apply our thoughts. And then we act, and the good thing is, I think, that we're here to act benignly, well, supportive of others, in service of others, but also in service of ourselves. So we're here to act, um, but at the basis of everything is our feelings. And therefore, um, uh, there is the science that I explain is that these feelings may well will represent a truth um, and will represent our connection with what we call the fields, the, 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 what we can call the great field, the unified field, the Akashic record. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake will call this the morphic fields. Um, and so the very basis of our being, we are feeling beings. First we feel, <laughs> then we think, then we act. So, so that to me is the important thing about this. It's trusting our feelings, honoring our feelings, um, and, and also examining our conditioned thoughts and our conditioned beliefs. Um, and yet, actually, this is almost backwards to what we've been taught. Yes. You know, we've been taught that, you know, our mind is the important thing, disregard our feelings, mm. um, stuff them if you can and get away with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't let anybody see how you feel. Yes, it's um, it's an interesting dilemma when the table is turned so drastically. You say this in your book, and I think this is just so important. You say of the utmost importance for adult healing is the following sequence: feelings acknowledged, emotions expressed, rational solutions sought, correct action taken, which is precisely what you just said to mm. us only applied to health care. But our physicians, by and large, have no idea what our feelings are. What We're not allowed, really. There's no time to express emotions. Um, sometimes we don't really get to, to give our thoughts. Um, we're just basically tested and diagnosed and prescribed. Yeah, this is right, and and um, uh, and I think we have got it the wrong way around. And not only that, the the illnesses that are presenting to us now um, are are by and large, certainly in, in the Western developed world, by and large due to the complexity of the modern world. In other words, we 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 are overthinking. We're thinking too much. We've got too much choice. We've got. Um, we're confused, um, we're overloaded, our brains are overloaded, we become depressed, our immune systems are overloaded, therefore uh, they pack up or they become overactive and we have these autoimmune conditions. Um, and, and, you know, when people come to see me, they've already seen wonderfully brainy people 
uh, and they're intelligent themselves, the people with these conditions, and they haven't been able to work it out through their logical mind. And so we need to step back um, and, and understand feelings, keep it very simple. Because actually what I've described, lying in the water um, in a, or, or sitting down in a meditative state, uh, is the antidote to a lot of these conditions. In fact, you know, it's what I tried to achieve through little processes that I do in my practice. Acupuncture itself is a way of um, turning the body from this tense, uh, reactionary, fight-or-flight <laughs> mode into this other mode, um, which is relaxed, joyful, uh, and it's also uh, it's also when we're at our creative best. And therefore, when we're in this mode, creative answers come to us as we relax and listen to somebody uh, with with good intent uh, and focus and most of all compassion. That's when the solutions come through us from I can say from from the, from out there. From uh, out there. And, and, you know, often it's like when we're trying to remember somebody's name. We see somebody and we thought, gosh, I can't remember their name. And the more we try to think, the less we can until at half an hour later when we're sitting down having a cup of tea, looking out the window and it comes to us. <laughs> okay. Yep. And it's exactly the same that, that what happens in, a, in life and, and, you know, my consultations, but our meetings with people is just, just uh, another part of life. And, and um, w so we're really trying in some ways trying too hard we're overthinking robin this thought keeps coming to my mind that now some of the things that we're talking about are undergirded by solid science and the thought that the scientists are now discovering what the mystics have known all along keeps coming to my mind what do you think about that yeah i i I totally agree, and and you know when I first learnt the science, it actually struck a chord in me. And this is what people have been telling me about their lives: that we were learning about the quantum effects, the the effects of how one uh, atom or uh, uh, can be connected um, to another atom or entangled to another atom, irrespective of time and space, the the quantum entanglement. Uh, and I remember thinking when I heard this, hey, this is exactly the same uh, principle that, that people have been explaining to me, maybe a mother and daughter who seem to have this instant connection this, this, uh, with each other, that seem to know when each other are going to phone. Um, and, and so, yes, the, what science has been showing in the very, very small um, uh, in the quantum, I suppose the quantum science, um, is also what... Um, seems to be happening when people are in a very relaxed, coherent state. In other words, when they are in this receiving state. And whereas 10 years ago, uh, the, all the physicists and scientists say, hey, you know, this is what we're finding um, uh, with atoms and in the quantum and quantum fields has no relation to what's happening in the bigger picture in our bodies. That's all changing because in the last few years, they've shown that these quantum processes are present um, at room temperature and the nat natural temperature uh, in plants, uh, how in photosynthesis, um, in in our smell, basically how we smell, the back of eyes of migrating birds. In fact, wherever they're looking, they're finding evidence of quantum processes. And what this really, the bottom line, this is, is there's another reality beyond the physical. That's really what it's saying. There's another reality beyond the, f the physical. 
some will call that consciousness that there's there's behind everything else there are there, there is a consciousness uh, others would say there's a matrix or a field um, whatever words we're putting it we're actually saying that what we're seeing what we're experiencing in this life is only a part of a much greater picture um, and that's what's exciting and another thing that it, it says to me is that we're not a machine and we can't be treated like a machine because we don't, we don't all react the same way. No, absolutely. We're not a machine. And, you know, they won't be able to um, – computers won't um, develop and, and to such a point that they're going to take over our, our function. They, they will not be – creative they won't be the, there is behind us all the, there's another level of being some will call this the soul some will um and the basis uh, our compassion our intent uh, all these areas of higher consciousness are not going to be achieved by by a machine um a machine may be able to help us connect like this the machines are wonderful because you know the the information age is is allowing us to talk <laughs> in different countries uh exactly i could never have talked to you like this i couldn't have afforded the phone call and now you know we can just hook up and 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 talk as long as we want to and it doesn't cost and it's quite wonderful and it's connecting people the internet is connecting people with different philosophies irrespective of what country they're in or what age they're in you know we've become a global community and so that um we're everybody is able to have their voice um the, the most important thing about the model that I'm talking about is that everybody's turns out to be important. Everything that you do, and I, and I say the way that we're going to connect to the field, if you like, a field of consciousness and help it grow and help it make it, make it big and benign is, is that we all do our part and that a little act of kindness or a help that, that anybody does is as important as anybody else's. So this is hugely empowering. This model... Um, or, shows in fact it involves people why i love this model is that it involves people in their own health it it actually through their understanding and awareness of this level of being their consciousness they um get the power um to heal to they get the power to question in fact the beliefs that they have had all their lives and they get the power to change them um to a point uh, where the health will respond. So, you know, to me, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, I think and, it's yeah. all very, very good. I find it fascinating. I, I, I wish sometimes I could start all over so I had more years <laughs> to be in it because, you know, when I was in college, um, there was almost no material on the effect of emotions on your health or stress, you know, stress was studied some years later. And now we realize what an incredible impact stress has on it. I was very interested in what you had to say about stress and victims of the Holocaust who have Mm. higher levels of cancer, for instance. Um, Interesting. I had a couple of clients. I want to tell you about this. I, I I think you'll find this interesting. I had two clients simultaneously who I, I do hypnotherapy. They were sent to me by the heart transplant team. They had both had heart transplants. Uh, they both had gained an enormous amount of weight and they needed to lose weight. And they sent them to me. And as I talked to them, I discovered that both of them had been adopted as, as yes. tiny babies. 
both of them had carried all their life the thought of if my mother or my own mother didn't love me enough to keep me, there must be something terribly wrong with me. Yes. And they both essentially had broken hearts. Yes. The, there was no counseling done whatsoever on the part of the the transplant team or the hospital before or after the transplants. And these people were still struggling with it. They were both in their 60s. And, and I'm thinking, you know, where's where's the help here? And compounded with that were the changes that they experience when they have somebody else's heart in their body. Yes. And and nobody was helping them deal with that. And And your book and your explanations make it very clear to me what was happening to those people well so this there's, there's a huge amount of research going on this and and uh, how adverse childhood experiences and the main one i think we're talking about is a feeling of abandonment again we're getting down to a feeling that's occurring in a baby or a child before their thought processes their rationality has fully developed so you know we're backing down to the primacy of feelings exactly so that, fe- that feeling of abandonment which is basically you can't measure in chemical terms but the evidence is that this primes genes what we call epigenetics now from above it actually switches genes on a little bit so that pe- as people go through life even if they're not consciously aware of it if in their life they encounter another experience where they're feeling abandoned for instance you know they're losing their job or they're their, 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 their partnership or their, their, their spouse leaves or whatever, then this gene can be fully expressed. And, that's when um, that, and that gene will cause physical illness, can even cause heart disease or whatever. Yes. So, so, or cancers or whatever. So the, so the basis of this has, has occurred very early in their lives. Now, the, I, ha, I have many people with many conditions, and they may be in their 80s, for instance, and we are discovering for the first time, where, where, and you will be doing this in your work as well, what happened to them in the very early part of their life, even when they're in the womb. Now, the positive way of, of examining this is, is how can we, through our awareness of this, change our behavior? Because I believe we can. I believe that the first thing we have to do is to make the person aware of this and then uh, allow an aha moment to occur. And yes. Then, and then we've got the basis of change. And I, although it's tougher when we're older to change, it's tougher to change our bodies. It means that we're actually going to actually for the first time understand this. Um, and, and then we can start work on, on how, to, how to implement change. And the way I do it here is, is to use um, techniques called energy psychology techniques, which are like... Some are, are, as many of your listeners will know, EFT, tapping, thought field work. But the simplest way is um, a a little technique that I use where five minutes before they they go to sleep at night, I ask them to cross their hands over their heart and just breathe very gently into their tummy and just say a little phrase to themselves saying, look, even though I have this condition or I have this pain, because many of them coming to me have this, I really love and accept myself. Now, what they're doing with this, they're they're connecting physically in a very balanced way to what I would say the unified field. 
they're stating their problem without judgment, just simply without judgment, um, with compassion, and then saying a compassionate um, saying to themselves, uh, like a prayer. <clears throat> and the access to this is, is not to blame oneself, um, but to understand what's happened in one's life. It's not to go back and analyze even. It's actually to create um, a very compassionate field within the body, within the heart, which is the heart is the receiver uh, and the thing that and, and our organ that, that responds <clears throat> most rapidly uh, to, to, to feelings. Um, so we can start at any time in our lives, even though we have have this abandonment feeling within us. And we have to start by understanding it. Um, and I, I hope and I believe in, uh, that our awareness will lead us into another level of healing. I agree with that. You have a couple other uh, exercises that you recommend as well. Um, savoring the breath. Yes. Uh, you know, I... In my, I work from home in a, for, with longer consultations. I never see somebody for less than half an hour. But I do work in the university, and I'm, I'm having to um, see people every 10 minutes, or every quarter of an hour for, for one afternoon a week. And every one of those that comes into me, I'm folk, I, they lie down for a minute, and I watch their breath. Uh, and a considerable number of us are, are breathing too high in our chest because we're, we're treating life like... Um, uh, many, many hundred meter dashes that we're running away from things or defensive. Right. We had a whole program on how to breathe, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. a month or so ago. And if all I can do in that time, and if every doctor does this, uh, as well as measuring blood pressure, just say, lie down there and just watch the breath uh, 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 come into the tummy. Uh, if, if they have a child at home or a baby at home, just watch that baby's breath when the baby's asleep. If they have a cat, even better, because the cat most of the time is lying around doing this purring, and then yes, um, and when it needs to act, wow, it does it act. Okay, so I say, look, you're not going to be turning into a blob if you do this. You're going to be just becoming uh, much smarter, much more. You're, you'll remember things better, uh, and you'll be more prepared. So, so the simplest things are the better, best. Yes, because, you know, we don't want complications. Our problems. Are come from the complications and complexities of life. Um, the antidote is so simple, much simpler than we think. But the allowing ourselves to do these simple things, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. And now, Robin, it's time for us to take another break. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and my guest, Robin Kelly, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back for a very special treat. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. 
You're late for your flight, and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Robin Kelly. Uh, Robin, before we get into this next segment, tell our listeners how they can reach you, how they find you on the Internet. Uh, I have a, a website, drrobinkelly.com. The also get through to that site through the title of my book, the Human Hologram, thehumanhologram.com. I have uh, a Facebook page for um, the Human Hologram. I'd love you to join that because it provides discussion. I, I've written this book so um, people can contribute and uh, help grow our knowledge about this. So I'm I'm very keen to hear from people, um, uh, and I'm very very happy for people to contact me. Um, through my website as well um, with questions, um, queries, uh, criticisms, um, you name it. Let's let the subject grow. Um, Fantastic. Wonderful book. I highly recommend it. Uh, my reviews on the self-improvement blog, so is his in- contact information. So if you forget what he just said, go to the blog and, and get it there. But by all means, get it. And it's on it's on Amazon and Kindle and all the usual places. all those places and, and it's a book that I think is maybe one of the most important books of our time and I, I'm not just saying that I, I really truly mean it for what it means even just in terms of healthcare but but I want to end that subject because Dr Kelly is also a remarkable musician you've written how many songs now Robin. Probably about 150, <laughs> and um, and some of some of them have got to got CDs, and they're also available on iTunes as well. So um, I think you're going to play one. And we're going to play one. In fact, in just a few moments, we're going to play mm. the song and end end the show with the song. Um, you've written about a little bit of everything, and and do you, do you put you do your own accompaniment too? Don't you? You play as yes. you sing. 
Yes, I do. I play guitar and harmonica, but I also work with a, a wonderful um, musician and sometimes a band as well who, oh, who do all, okay. the, thing, who do all the things I like, can't do. You sound like John Denver to me. Oh, well, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, I, I, he, I was a huge fan of John oh, right. Denver. I loved yeah. his music. I loved the warmth in his voice, and I hear that in yours as well. You've oh, also yeah. written um, a stage play. Tell us a, briefly about that. Well, that's really putting it together. This is called Chakramore, and, and, and I, I've studied the chakras, and amour, of course, is, is French for, for love. And, um, and so it revolves around how we go through life and we change uh, and the pivotal time is when our heart opens um, and uh, I take people just people sort of a, a few characters and, and show how they change um, uh, through their lives uh, how they improve their lives and how they then they all join together with um, adding their uniqueness to, to, to the play but also um, their sense of wonder um, so I and I, I try and do it to, to modern music and uh, uh, to the music that excites me. Yeah, and it's exciting music. Where can people find your music? Any place besides yeah, I, iTunes? I, well, iTunes, um, CD Baby, um, and if they go into my website, they will find downloads. What I call donation free donation downloads, and if they like it, um, I suggest that they just put a, a couple of dollars into a charity of their choice i suggest a children's charity so um uh so if you do like it and uh, uh then um, don't send the money to me send some money to a lovely charity I, I don't even want to know about it really see my my opinion is if they don't like it they must be deaf <laughs> <laughs> well it's their, it's their prerogative if they don't like it <laughs> don't like it send money to a charity all right yeah before we play your music robin what is the the last thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners today well i think it i think this is a time where we're learning to be compassionate to ourselves we realize we're, we're learning that it's not being selfish to feel compassionate to ourselves and that we can't be compassionate to others unless we're compassionate to ourselves and certainly that's the message that comes from the people who are coming to me with their suffering um, also, the, the behind the song that's coming up is also um, what I've said: relax um, and enjoy the ride. But at the same instance, the, you know when there's the time to act. So, so um, uh, we are you're being helped. That's what I'm saying. You're being helped, and if you feel you're not, then seek it. Okay, set us up for the song. The, the title of the song is "We All Let Go." How did you come to write that? What does it mean? Well, I don't know. When you write a song, you get, I get into this other mode and it comes through. And, and to be honest, while I'm writing it and even afterwards, I may not understand it totally, so that, which is the creative process, I think. But it is about, it's, it's about sort of um, watching everything, all the chaos that's going around us, um, not necessarily buying into the fear. Um, but being focused and centered uh, and confident um, that things are going to turn out right. So that, you know, the, there is a lot of fear and, and worry around the world in all, all areas. Um, we, to contribute to this, we also um, have to create peace within ourselves. So I think it's something like that. And, 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 um, uh, and so, so that's, we all let go. And we all do this. 
it's, we all do this every night we, when we go yes. to sleep. The way to go to sleep is not to rack our brains working out how to do it. It happens. So it Just um, put your hands on your heart and let yeah. go. And Dr. Kelly, thing. thank you so yeah. very much for being our guest today. I've had a ball. Thank you, Irene. Yeah, but, we have. And now just, you know, for all of you listening, just enjoy this piece of music and think about how wonderful you are. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show saying enjoy the music. Storm clouds are gathering above my head. Looks like it's happening, like the weatherman said. People are scurrying from town to town. No end to their worrying, no escape from their frowns. When a siren is calling, when the time is right. Let go of the future Let go of the fight Yes, we all let go When our day's work's done And we all let go When our time it comes And we know just how And we know just when Yes, we all let go In the end The chaos is mounting All round our land And lost souls are counting So don't raise your hand Just keep in the slipstream in the eye of the storm And take time to daydream And sleep until dawn When the siren is calling When the time is right Let go of the future Let go of the fight Yes, we all let go when our day's work's done And we all let go When our time it comes And we know just how And we know just when Yes, we all let go
Yes, we all let go when our day's work starts, and we all let go when our time it comes, and we know just how, and we know just when. Yes, we all let go in the end. We all let go. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.